Welcome to the Deep Roots at Home podcast. For those of you new here, the Deep Roots at Home website was founded by Jackie in 2011. As a retired RN, longtime homeschooler, past Lyme sufferer with a love of preventative natural medicinals, Jackie has encouraged women for years now. Our desire is to spread truth and important information during these recent deceptive times, as well as the practicals of homemaking and all things beautiful. Whether you are listening in the car, while you're making dinner for your children, or sitting with a relaxing cup of tea, welcome to the podcast. boy, are you in for a treat with this episode of the podcast. I do want to clarify, at the beginning of the podcast, we talk about how we are going to be um, specifically focusing on the great flu, which we all know is the uh, all the talk over the past two and a half years and some um, exciting development and information with homeopathy regarding that. But I wanted to clarify because uh, we got to talking and sharing and had so many things to talk about that we decided to split this into two podcasts. So this podcast is specifically going to go over Anne's history and what led her into homeopathy and then some other things that her family has had um, testimonies and stories about homeopathy has helped her and just generally in in general some of the maybe misunderstandings of homeopathy and what really homeopathy is so that's the scope of this podcast even though at the beginning here I do mention about the great flu and the remedy for that but we're going to split that up to another podcast so be staying tuned for that and enjoy this podcast now so have um get your cup of tea or uh whether you're in the car whatever you're doing this is sure to be a blessing for you Okay, and welcome to another episode of Deep Roots at Home, the podcast uh, for the website, deeprootsathome.com. I am your host, Abby Grace, and I am very excited to have a very special guest here. You all are in for a huge treat. Jackie was very um, much looking forward to this, and she is wanting to bless each one of you through this podcast that... um, that we've prepared for you. This is a special exclusive podcast. This is not just um, me sharing the blog that Jackie has written, but this is a fresh podcast with some exclusive information that is, um, has never, has not been heard by most people before. So um, with that, I would like to introduce Anne to you. Anne is a like-minded sister in Christ a mom and homeopathic that uh, has found some very exciting uh, developments regarding um, the, we're calling it the great flu that has occurred over the past couple of years. So Anne and I have been talking before the start of this podcast, trying to, uh, we need to be careful about the kind of words that we use so that our Um, The big tech does not censor us with some of this very exciting information. So we're going to be referring to um, all those things that have happened over the past two, three years that uh, we're not going to name the actual actual sickness, but we're calling it the great flu, which I know all of you will understand. 
And we're also going to be referring to the spike protein that is in that grape flu. We're going to call that the protein shake so that we're going to be talking about grape flu pro protein shakes today. So anyhow, I am super excited about this. And with that, I want to introduce Anne and say welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, um, like I sa said, from chatting with you just a few minutes beforehand, I, I this is um, a podcast that I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing everything that you have to say, because um, there's, there's been a lot of stress over the past uh, few years, and a lot of us as mothers and wives and wanting to serve the Lord and our families have felt like we want the truth, um, but we've also felt like our hands are tied. We want to know how to best serve and help our family. So before we jump into that, though, um, why don't you just tell us a little bit about, about yourself and your family and what, um, uh, what led you into studying homeopathy in the first place? So I actually grew up in a drugstore, ironically. Really? My uh, my father owned a drugstore, and I remember as a little kid, actually, I would walk behind the counter where the drugs were, and at some point, they said, you know, you really shouldn't be back here, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but that's the paradigm I grew up in, and uh, I had a lot of antibiotics, um, but when I was 20, my father was dying from uh, pancreatic cancer. And at the same time, I saw a chiropractor who was talking about living foods and prevention and uh, eating proactively. And it was a real fork in the road where I made my own choice that I didn't want to wait till I got sick and watch myself die like my father was. Um, leaving behind a wife and his youngest child was only eight, mm -hmm. um, that it made a lot of sense to me to feel my body in a way that, um, was optimal and that I could just not have to age so fast, not have to get sick so fast and maybe, um, have life to the full. Um, and maybe 20 is an odd time to be learning that most people don't learn that till they're 40, but I was watching my father wither away in a hospital bed in, um, in his room. And so it was, um, it was a crossroads. And so I've been on a natural path that has gone a lot of different directions since that point in my life. Um. Uh, once, once I became a mother, uh, that really had to accelerate because kids just have problems. They, they get earaches, they get colds, they get hand, foot, mouth, they get, they do bizarre things. They get, um, peas stuck up their nose. Right. Uh, so, uh, it started really with herbs and then oils. And I loved my oils and then nutraceuticals and then genetics and then diet will always diet. Right. Um, and then finally, one of my um, girlfriends that um, I homeschooled with, 
she was hosting a class, um, a gateway to homeopathy class taught by Joette Calabrese and was inviting me to join. And I was kind of cheap. I didn't want to spend money, but my friends were all doing it and I didn't want to get left behind. And I knew there was something, I knew I needed it. I didn't have time for it, but I needed it because um, I knew it had potential. And some of my kids have ADD and some extra stuff. And so that's been part of what's driven me to go deeper and deeper into the natural world, looking for, looking for solutions. Um, so we adopted eight kids and then got pregnant and wow. <laughs> ended up with nine kids, nine and under, Ooh. which maybe wasn't a good idea. But uh, I think, I think God, uh, I think God inspired it and has made it work and sustains, sustains us. Um, so I took this class gateway to homeopathy and you're going to hear me talk about Joette Calabrese like over and over again. And her to spell it is J O E T T E. C-A-L-A-B-R-E-S-E and her website is .com and so much of what I've learned has been through her and she has dedicated her life to teaching mothers and others to um, how to heal themselves, how to heal their families, how to heal their their pets and their friends and she's been a tremendous um, influence and blessing and um, before that, this was when my youngest at the time was about four. My first homeopathy experience was really inadvertent. We, he had a bubble on his knee and it was growing. It was like the blob. It was getting bigger and we could almost watch it get bigger. And like I said, kids have problems. Right. <laughs> um, I didn't have a bubble on my knee. But um, <laughs> uh, not knowing what it was, I threw some spaghetti at it to see if it would stick. I thought, well, we went hiking yesterday. Maybe he has poison oak. And I went to the health food store and came home with a bottle of, I'm going to call it phonics. Because when you read, when I read the ingredients, it, it, what, what, I don't know what the ingredients were. It just said poison Highlands poison oak poison ivy remedy and it was made of words that I had to use phonics to figure out but I couldn't <laughs> figure out. So, so the Highlands product. Yes. So I gave my son this bottle of phonics and not knowing what it was, not knowing it was homeopathy and I followed the directions. I gave it two hours and then I get it every four hours and it dried up. It went away. And we said, smack my head. I don't know what just happened, but God, thank you that you healed this weird thing. I guess it was poison oak. Mm -hmm. So the next day, my girlfriend called me and our kids had been playing and her four-year-old son had touched the bubble of my four-year-old son. And he had the bubble and it was growing just, and I said, oh no, I'm sorry, but all you have to do is give him this phonics bottle 
and it'll go away. It's poison oak. It'll, it'll, this'll fix it. Well, she was a young mom and she didn't just trust me. She just, she just had to go to the doctor. And so she went to the doctor, which clarified some very strange things that it was not poison oak. It was impetigo. Ah. The impetigo was growing and he said, oh, you need an antibiotic. And so she gave her son the antibiotic and it went away. And so we were just befuddled. What is this stuff? And how did it heal impetigo when it was designed for poison oak? Right. And in the answer, you know, looking back now, I know that the principle of homeopathy is that like cures like, and poison oak was enough like impetigo, their symptoms were very similar. And because they were so similar, it worked efficaciously, even without it being the the same thing, just like poison oak and poison ivy are similar enough that it's going to help both of them, even though it's not exactly the same thing. So So poison oak had, was similar to impetigo. That's interesting. Yes. Yeah. So we filed it away as a weird thing and forgot about it. And I kept pursuing my oils. Um, those were great. Um, and then a year or so later, we got lice. Oh, man. Oh, boy. We actually had uh, extra people living with us. So we had, I had 13 people with lice. Oh. And that was such a miserable experience. <laughs> but, um, I drenched everyone in olive oil and I cut the boys' hair and we tried to smother them with the olive oil. We did that several times. We washed the sheets and it worked um, for everyone except for one of my girls. And that one girl, it was persistent. And I had everyone else wrapped up and I admitted defeat. And I sent my husband to Walgreens to go buy a chemical. So instead of buying a chemical, he came home with another bottle of phonics. Uh, <laughs> it was a lice shampoo, a homeopathic lice shampoo made of who knows what weird things, weird things that I had didn't know what they were, but I was happy with that. I didn't really want to drench her head in a pesticide because, you know, her brain is right inside that head. Right. And so we washed her hair with the mystery shampoo and it went away. So that was, um, that was my second homeopathy experience that left me again, confused, but grateful. And, uh, and the third one was when my daughter had keloid scars on the back of her earlobes. She had gotten her um, ears pierced and everything was fine. And then uh, when we, after the six weeks, we stopped using the, the solution. And when we stopped using the solution, they started getting infected. So I guess she was allergic to um, the earring back, not the post itself, because just the back of her ears, both sides was starting to blow up. 
And at first it was just pussy and swollen and red and we kept doing things, but we couldn't fix it. And then eventually we had to abandon the piercing and then it settled down to this lump, large, bumpy scar and raised scar in the back of her ear lobe, both of them. Well, at least it was in the back, but it was ugly. And I searched the whole internet and there really wasn't much, there really wasn't much hope. You could have a surgery, uh, salicylic acid, if I remember right, might help a little bit. And and so I remembered in the back of my mind, well, there's this weird, this homeopathy weird thing, you know, maybe this will do something. And uh, I looked for homeopathy and I settled on uh, two remedies, which I knew nothing about, but they both uh, described something similar to what she was going through. I bought her thiocinnamon 30 and graphite's 30. Okay, so can you say the names of those again, those two remedies that you got? Yes, uh, thiocinnamum, T-H-I-O-S-I-N-N-I-M-U-M, something like that, and graphites, G-R-A-P-H-I-T-E-S. Now these, I, I don't know why I'm even spelling it, because these might not be the best one for your chelide scar. It just happened to work for my daughters and we just got very blessed and maybe lucky, but no, I'm going to say blessed. They, we got blessed mm-hmm. because I had so little education, like zero and, and we had a score and it worked, it worked to a hundred. Those bubbles on the back of her ears went to from huge and unsightly to tiny, tiny little vestigial nubs. It was 98%, which for me is a hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's nothing. And, um, it was so exciting. It was just like looking up into heaven and saying, I I, I feel like I just got a miracle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as I've been using homeopathy, that just happens again and again. I look up to heaven and say, I just got another miracle. Thank you, God, that you have made this amazing medicine and that it can do what no other form of medicine can do. And I've really left those others behind. Um, I left allopathic or Western medicine behind when I was 20. Not that I've never used it, but it's always like plan D or E. Uh, But, you know, the oils are good. The herbs are good. The nutraceuticals are good. But the homeopathy, when you find the right remedy, and that can be elusive, but when you get it right, it can be permanently curative, permanently uproot the condition so that the condition doesn't exist anymore. Um, can I tell you about my hu- about curing my husband's cat allergy? That is an amazing example of uprooting. Yeah, please do. My mom actually has very severe cat allergies. So I'm very interested. <laughs> okay. And by the way, uh, one protocol for scars 
is thiocinamum 6C twice a day. I didn't know that yet, but I know that now. If you have a scar that's not just something tiny, but something that's unsightly, um, that's a Banerjee protocol. And it's probably on Joette's website if you want to search it. But um, right after I took my gateway to homeopathy class, uh, we had the opportunity to adopt a kitten. Well, it wasn't exactly an opportunity. It was, we'd been praying, my kids had been praying for a cat, but my husband had an allergy. And he, of course, wasn't self-abusive and he didn't want to make himself sick. <laughs> right. So the answer was always no, but we'd been praying. And so I had just taken this class and uh, with beginner's optimism, I was confident that if he would just let us have a cat that we could cure him and man that was that really could have gone wrong but it didn't <laughs> so our neighbor's cat had kittens and abandoned one twice same one so it was done and at that point it was that was the uh that was the hook that I needed <laughs> So right. we presented the case to him and said, look, the kitten's going to die if we don't bottle feed it. We have to bring it home. We'll keep it on the porch. And besides that, I took this class. And if you have the allergy, I know how to heal you now. And he, <laughs> no, maybe just the porch. Okay. Well, we all know that a porch is a slippery slope, right? Right. <laughs> and Oh, isn't that so cute? We need it, was, it was so cute. Yeah. <laughs> it was slippery slope. So we had to bottle feed at 1 a.m. I mean, it was around the clock and I'm not going to do that on the porch. <laughs> so the cat is worming her little way into our hearts and home and the allergy starts. And his allergy, I'm going to go back to like cures like. Right. An, on an onion, the uh, homeopathy word for an onion is allium sepa, red onion. And the principle of homeopathy is what a substance causes in its raw form is what it's going to cure in its homeopathic form when someone is in that same condition. Oh. So we all know that what an onion does, that's, that's an easy uh, an easy one. You cut an onion and your eyes become irritated and watery and your nose runs like water, not stuffy so much, but watery. And so my husband's, uh, cat allergy was very similar to that onion, uh, scenario where the cat made his eyes itch and be irritated and his, his nose run. So as the cat was starting to make him sick, I gave him Allium Sepa 200 and he would take it. And this is not necessarily how other people would use it, but this is how we used it and it worked well. He would take it every two to three minutes, two, three, four or five times until the allergy was at about 80% gone. And then he would stop. And then it would finish that last 
20%. And, and then it was over. And that happened in the beginning two or three times a day. But what happened next was that the frequency was diminishing instead of two or three times a day, then, you know, after a few weeks, maybe it was once a day. And then it went from once a day to every other day and then to a couple times a week. And it was the same thing every time, but it was just, uh, the, the incidents were stretching farther and farther. And what this little tiny diluted thing with no onion left in it did is, because if you look at a remedy under a microscope, they say it's placebo because they can't, you can't see an onion molecule. There's no right. molecules from right. an onion. But what there is, is something that would be closer to the words we have for nanotech. It's a nanoparticle. It's the genetic information. It's the instructions. I mean, what words do you put to it? They say energy, but that feels new agey and I'm not new agey, but somehow the instructions from the onion have gone in a way that is can't be understood through the science that we have available to us right now, but it does do something and it's observable and repeatable. And so he took the onion remedy and it stretched and it stretched. And then, and then it was once a week and then it was once a month. And then one day it was never like, he just didn't need it anymore. You know, I'm just thinking about what you're saying there. And I love that explanation because that has been one thing that has bothered me for a long time is that people talk about how homeopathy works, but we don't exactly know why. And the answer has always sounded new agey to me. The answer has always sounded a little bit hocus pocus, but I can't deny that it helps. Mm -hmm. And so I love that way that you explained it because it, it makes, it puts it more in God's knowledge mm-hmm. than our knowledge. It's not that it's, there's some hocus pocus energy, but there's instructions that God has made that we can't see like mm-hmm. that, that to me, um, I've never heard it explained that way. And that, that actually really helps. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Because and it's, How do we, you know, a lot of people are confused, like, how does it work? But we know it works. Well, if we actually just start to realize that there are secrets, I mean, God's ways are so much higher than our ways. And so it's not that there's some like weird mystical thing, but it's that it's that we are not smart enough. We're not gods. We're not smart enough. There's so much in science we still don't understand. And if you start studying Western medicine, a lot of the drugs that are sold through the pharmacy, they don't know how they work either. The mechanism of action is not yet understood. Okay. They can see that it's observable and repeatable and they use it. And the mechanism of action (laughs) of homeopathy is not exactly understood, but it is observable and repeatable. And we can use it in a scientific way. This isn't a religion. It's not a philosophy. It's not an intention. 
it's not and and sometimes people who are new agey will use it and put their terminology onto it but it's like a car anyone can use it you can use it with whatever philosophy you have but it's still a science it's observable and repeatable and it's a lot like the concept of a vaccine a vaccine is a minute amount of something at least real vaccines right. are a minute amount of something that is maybe not exactly the same maybe similar like in the case of cowpox with smallpox it was similar and the tiny amount educated the immune system so that it could deal with something else and uh, homeopathy is like an education of the immune system so that it can deal with something similar i love that i love that Okay, so did you then just keep educating yourself? Did you have more courses you took? What, what journey did you take then after that? And let me add on that cat thing. Yes. Now we have five cats and they sleep in our bed. <laughs> like he is a hundred percent cured. <laughs> that is fantastic. But you're really not supposed to say the C word. So we're okay. gonna say uprooted. Yes. <laughs> not up cured he's uprooted but there's no more cat allergy there's no more medic there's no more remedy but wow. if he did need it which sometimes would happen is you just go back and use the last remedy that had worked previously because sometimes things will come back but right. you've already worked with it you already know what to do and you go back and do the same thing again wow so wow. um so after after taking a uh, gateway to homeopathy, my, my curiosity really became insatiable because this is how, and actually after having that healing of, uh, not healing, uprooting of the cat allergy, uh, I wanted more of that. Right. We, we have, we have problems. We want them to go away. We want to have life to the full. Um, she has a Joette has more advanced courses. Uh, I took her detox class. I read her blogs and then I read a lot. I've just started reading remedies, reading Materia Medica's. Um, I purchased Robin Murphy's fourth edition Materia Medica and Repertory. I wish I'd done it years ago. I, I bought it, I should have bought it on day one. A Materia Medica is a dictionary format of all the remedies in the world really and you can look it up by remedy and read about what every remedy does and the repertory is the same information in an opposite format it's a dictionary listing of every symptom that any person has ever had in the universe it's some of them are so bizarre and so it lists the condition and then it lists all the remedies that have ever helped for it. And so I read my, you start in the repertory, you read about the specific problem, and then you read about each of those remedies to see which one matches the person better. Okay, that, this is so time consuming. If you have resources, 
just hire someone. You don't have to teach yourself all this, right? but, but the more you can teach yourself, the more you can work independently. Right. Right. Wow. So, and then I, another great resource is the podcast, uh, homeopathy for mommies by Sue Mayer, M E Y E R. Um, I really love her. Another resource is the website, Dr. Homeo, H O M E O. And they are out of India and they give a lot of information away for free, like Joette does, but you can hire them through their website. And it's interesting, the AMA basically stamped out homeopathy in the United States in the early 1900s. Uh, before that, it was very mainstream. Uh, but it didn't get stamped out in Europe and in India. And so homeopathy is still um, high, very used in those parts of the world. And there's a lot of resources there. And then, um, so do you have a favorite brand of homeopathy? I know that there's, you know, there's so many different ones out there. I don't. I find that they all work. Okay. Okay. And do you find that the different dilutions, like you were mentioning 200 CC when I was doing, you know, dabbling with a little bit of homeopathy, most of my homeopathy is like 30 C. How does that work? The number and it's, it's C not CC. Okay. Uh, Okay. Sorry. No, it's okay. Uh, C is the Roman numeral. 400. And so the dilutions are typically 6, 12, 30, 200. And those are all C. That means it's been diluted 100 to 1 that many times. Diluted 100 to 1, 200 times. This is why there's nothing left that is Ah. visible. It's so dilute. But the more dilute it gets, uh, strangely, the more powerful it becomes. And so matching the potency or the dilution is really uh, part of prescribing. That's part of the experience involved is just knowing what is going to, what works well. They have different they can have different properties at different potencies and then different people have different tolerance, vitality, Mm -hmm. uh, different strengths. And so uh, someone with strong vitality might need a higher potency or a lower potency for someone who's maybe frail Mm -hmm. and sensitive or sensitive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so Joette teaches the Banerjee protocols The Banerjee family is a five-generation homeopathic doctor family in India, and they have changed homeopathy from being ultra-individualized to being more uh, statistics-based. And so instead of having an hour-long interview where someone tries to get your total picture, which is classical homeopathy, and it's not bad. Uh, yeah, Banerjee, I went to that with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Banerjee protocols 
cut to the statistics of, well, if you have sleep apnea, sanguinaria 200 is going to work for most people, 80%. And that's, that's what they, I think that's what they claim is 80% of people. If you take sanguinaria 200 twice a day, then your sleep apnea over several months is going to go away. And by following that protocol, we were able to uproot my husband's sleep apnea and snoring. His snoring went from horrible to he's, he's at about a two right now. Like it's not completely gone, but, but I'm not afraid he's going to die at night and his sleeping, his uh, breathing is regular and uh, the snoring is not so awful. It's, it's much better. And so this is an example of a Banerjee protocol. So Joette went to India multiple times, spend a month studying with the Banerjees to learn these protocols that they've developed, which make prescribing much simpler. Mm-hmm. And it makes something that anyone with a basic, basic foundation can follow mm-hmm. that if you have asthma, you can take CaliCarb 200 once a week and slowly it's going to uproot the condition. It's giving the instructions and to the lungs in particular, and the lungs are just slowly healing themselves. And that happened. um, We experienced that with my son. He didn't have horrible asthma, but it came up every time he got sick. Every time we got sick, it was a breathing event. And over months of Cali Carb 200 once a week, we were just not noticing that that was such an issue anymore. And then it, you know, there was no midnight, I can't breathe, mom. What do I do anymore? And then finally, uh, he had the great flu and did not have an asthma event during the great flu. And that's when I decided for sure, this has really done something. Not that it won't, he may have, um, you know, it may come back in uh, different ways, but it's definitely improved. And that was a Banerjee protocol. And I didn't have the education to select that remedy for him. I had enough education to follow a protocol and right. Right. see it see it through until it had done something. This is so fascinating. This is very exciting for me. My, my first real experience with, with homeopathy and, and convinced that, so, that something was working was when I had, um, this is, this is like, uh, oh, 15 years ago now, maybe um, 15, 16 years ago, I had a very bad um, what appeared to be a bladder infection. I was having horrible. Now I look back and I think it was a cystitis event um, mm-hmm. where I was in pain and I was having test after test for bladder infection, but it was not showing up as a bladder infection. But my urine stream was compromised. I felt like I had to go all the time. I was spasming. So they sent me for actually a, um, a biopsy, not a biopsy, a cystoscopy. And um, I had a little camera put up in my bladder and they told me it was extremely red and inflamed and in trouble. 
And they basically told me I needed to have a biopsy to see if I had cystitis or if I could have bladder cancer. And so, um, of course, we were freaked out, very scared and, um, you know, could hardly, the, the C word, you know, is very, very scary to hear. And um, so we scheduled for the biopsy and then we went out of town. And when we had a vacation, we were already planning on going on. And a friend of mine who was into homeopathy gave me a bottle of can cantharis. Is that how you pronounce it? I'm never quite sure. That's it, cantharis. Okay. Yeah. She gave me a bottle of cantharis and she said, just take some of this through the, whenever you think about it, through the week that you're gone. And um, I was like, okay, you know, they're just little, seem like little sugar pills and certainly wasn't going to hurt. And I, I didn't think a ton about it through the week. It wasn't like I put myself on a rigorous schedule. I just, every time I thought about it, popped one in my mouth here and there. I didn't even wor really worry about like, now I know you're not supposed to have coffee with it. You're not supposed to eat or drink um, anything but water. But I was, I just took it as I thought about it just a few times throughout the week. When we got back home, I decided um, that instead of rushing into a biopsy, we'd go get a second opinion. So we went to another urologist and I had another um, cystoscopy where they put the little camera up there. And our hope was that they would just say, oh, that is clearly cystitis. You don't have bladder cancer. And he put his, his uh, scope up there and he said, I don't see anything. Yay. Yeah. And we were shocked. We were like, what? Nothing. He said, no, it's not red. It's not plain. And the weird thing was I was still having symptoms, but I found over the years that sometimes the, it takes a few days for the symptoms to follow what's happening with the healing inside. And so, um, I, I was still having symptoms, but he couldn't see anything. And we were just overwhelmed and over, we just were thrilled. And I was like, if that is ever, and then a few days later, my symptoms started subsiding. And I wow. thought if that is ever a testimony on homeopathy, I mean, I had a camera before and a camera after. Mm -hmm. And so I have had flares through the years, but I pull out my cantharis and, and that um, really, really helps. So, so yeah, that's my, my experience. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to put your mind around. Uh, and yet, even though you don't understand exactly how it works, it is observable and repeatable yeah. and it works for many people. So that is where the proof is. So what I'm thinking here is, um, I think we're going to split this podcast into actually two podcasts. And this one will be more introductory about your experience with homeopathy and what led you into it and some of your own testimonies. And I think we will go ahead and have a second podcast specifically talking about the great flu and the um, what we're calling the protein shake remedy <laughs> that you have found. If that sounds good to you, we will have you back for that second podcast. How does that sound? That sounds great. Okay. Well, then we will wrap this one up and we will see you next time. Okay. When it comes to vaccines, most mothers and fathers want to know facts, not others' opinions. Jackie wished she had known more facts when she went in for her first well baby visit. 
Because Jackie strongly promotes parental choice, she felt led to write a short treatise with personal facts. This vaccination ebook is pretty concise to allow you, the parent, to read, research into the studies she shares, and come up with your own decisions. Jackie's sincere desire is that you and your children thrive, and so she presents to you the vaccination ebook free of charge. Simply go to deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. That's deeprootsathome.com forward slash vital dash info dash ebook forward slash. for joining us on the Deep Roots at Home podcast. We pray it has encouraged you in your walk with the Lord and as you serve your family. Could you do us a favor? If this has blessed you, could you help us spread the word by liking and sharing this podcast with your friends? And don't forget, we have lots of great links in the show notes that go along with today's podcast. See you next time.